there, Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to the latest episode of Farm Equipment's podcast series, Our Dealer Story. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Eugene Hurst, President and Fourth Generation Owner of M.M. Weaver, a two-store ACO dealership in Pennsylvania. Eugene's great-grandfather, Martin M. Weaver, started the business in 1935 after deciding there had to be a better way to earn a living than growing tobacco. Before we head over to my conversation with Eugene, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. We'll jump into the conversation with Eugene sharing the story of how his great-grandfather got the business started 85 years ago. This is the Our Dealer Story of M.M. Weaver. Kind of just walk through how the business got started back in the 30s and things like that. Yeah, the way it got started, my great grandfather Martin Weaver, he was a, a farmer and just thought there's got to be a better way to make a living than farming tobacco and having steers. So he started working on some of the neighbors' equipment, and that was started maybe in 1935 already. And then he looked at ways to expand into a product line and talked to Massey Harris, uh, signed that Massey Harris contract in 1936. So we've been Massey Harris slash Massey Ferguson ever since then. Okay. You've gone through a lot of changes with ACO becoming a company right. and buying and everything like that since you've been yes. doing business since the 30s. Yes. We definitely went through, whether a lot of those storms that Massey Ferguson went through over the time of the bankruptcy uh, back in the 80s, we sold a lot of the Massey combines. Okay. And then when Massey when Massey bankrupt the combine line, that they're hurting on us. It's not having a combine to sell. Right. Over that time, we Massey was making a conventional Walker machine, and and we felt like that was the best thing for our market in our area. And so when Massey bankrupt their combine, they started using the Claus combine and rebranding it to Massey Ferguson. Okay. Uh, as their conventional Walker option, and then we also bought out the weight combine, and that was their rotor option. And because we were all about conventional, we went with the claws built conventional machine. Mm-hmm. And that just you know, over time with that, my my grandfather really got into selling those, really really liked the claws products, and got a chance to go to Germany. And while he was in Germany, he seen the the Claus forage harvester, and he he told Claus that they really should bring it to North America. And Claus just said, "Well, they don't think that it would that a forage harvester would work in North America." And my my grandfather said, "Well, if you ever decide to bring it, we would want to be a dealer." And so it didn't didn't go long after that till they started bringing them over. And yeah, we were one of the first Claus forage harvester dealers in North America. Uh, and and Irvin. My grandfather, Irvin Weaver, learned to know helmet claws. And uh, yeah, so there was some back and forth with helmet claws, who was the owner of claws right. at the time. So had some influence there. That's cool. So yeah, so we, we've been selling claws ever since as well. And that, so that's a, that's a very good product line as well. Right. Sorry, I interrupted your story about Martin getting the business kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. So there in, in 36, when he got the, the Massey and... Yeah, so he started out in a, he had an old grist mill on his farm. So he started the business in the mill. The mill was not being used as a as a mill anymore. So he had his office 
mill office and he built a lean-to on the side and that's where his uh, shop was and and the basement of the mill was uh, the parts department and so that's that's how he started the business until 1947 he built a, a building to to put the parts and sales and service shop in that's how it got started then so was it sort of when he first there. started kind of a one-man show at least it was yes um I think in 1935, when he got started, my grandfather was only a year old, so he became of age. Uh, it was a one-man show. Okay. But yeah, then my grand grandfather and his brother ran the business then for many years until uh, they got up in age, and then uh, my generation started taking over. I imagine you were probably, you know, around the dealership as as a kid, whether it was when your grandfather was running the business or if your your father. Or that generation yeah. was running it, you know, what kind of um, memories do you have from that time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing is, uh, so maybe I'll just explain a little bit how, how work my, so my great grandfather started and his two sons uh, ran it from there would have been my grandfather, Irvin and his brother, Edward. Okay. Uh, they ran the business for many years and Irvin, my grandfather, only had one son and he had no interest in the business. So my dad did not did not work there as a full time career. He had worked there for a short time, but uh, right. so I did not grow up at the dealership there. I was okay. I was raised on a dairy dairy farm, milking cows. Irvin's brother Edward has two sons that have been involved with the business and had, had worked there, but when when Irvin and Edward transferred it over it transferred over to Edward's sons and myself and my cousin. So there's there's actually more fourth generation in there than there is third generation. There's okay. there's only two third two third generation and there's uh, actually be uh, nine fourth generation employees there. So Wow. Okay. So then at what point did did you sort of get involved in the business? You know, were you doing anything there like as a teenager or anything like that? Or was it, you know, just kind of once you were an adult, you, you went into the business? Oh, yeah, I, I, I actually had a job at another uh, place for three years. So I did get some experience outside of the ownership okay. here at M.M. Weaver. And then, uh, you know, Grandpa said something to me one day. Maybe I'd have interest in coming and working in the parts department. So I... I started, uh, I think I was 19 years old at the time when I started there uh, in the parts department, worked in parts for two years and went from there into sales and from there into more managing uh, the company. Uh, what year would that have been that you started in the parts department roughly? Uh, yeah, I started in the parts department in 1997. Okay. Did you, this is going back a little bit, but did you, um, since you, you know, your father wasn't involved in the business as a kid. Did, did you think like, yeah, that's what you were going to, you know, working at the dealership is what you were going to do, or did you have totally other ambitions in mind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. Uh, working at a dealership was not something that I grew up thinking that that's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, no, that, that really was not my, my thought. And, uh, Growing up on a dairy farm, I I knew that I didn't want to be a dairy farmer either. So, uh, yeah, as far as what my ambitions were, I always thought I'd, I'd like to be in business uh, for myself doing something. But I, I, I yeah, at the time growing up, I didn't know what I'd want to be. But uh, no, it, things things definitely fell in place uh, 
over the years. So I feel blessed to be where I'm at right now, surrounded with some good people. So it sounds like you sort of had a similar thought that your grandfather had about there's got to be a better way than yeah, <laughs> than farming, right? Yeah, than farming. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we need the farmers too, and and you know to, to see a farmer that just has a passion for what he's doing is just it's just fun to see that too. I mean, there there's definitely there, yeah. Right. Uh, there's definitely uh, some some people that really enjoy farming, and that's great. Right? Uh, we we want to help them out. And then you guys have a second location now. And how how since you've been there, how kind of has the the dealership grown? And kind of what you know, what's the role and what's the kind of interaction with the the nine nine other or eight other guys family members <laughs> in that generation uh, being involved in the business? Yeah, as my grandfather and his brother were getting older and getting closer to retirement. And at that point, I, I I was not part owner of the company or anything. I I had interest and and I fully expected that sometime I would. And I I had a a long-term employee, uh, one that's been there for, at the time he's probably there 45 years. And he he come to me one day and he said, hey, are you you going to be taking over this company or what what is gonna be happening here? Uh, He said, "We, we don't see much of a future uh, with with the owners getting older, and and I started hearing it from some customers as well, and it really piqued my interest. And in, if I don't pick this up, next nothing happens here. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's when when I really become interested in taking on more of the ownership and getting involved with it. Um, and since then, yeah, several of my well, my cousin and several of my second cousins have gotten involved as well, and. As a team, we we really do work well together. Just with the way things uh, evolved over the time, we we currently have 13 shareholders, and that works real well. They're all employees there. Okay. And they're not all they're not all family members either. Okay. Uh, but then we do have a a board. There's five of us on the board that can make the decisions, so it doesn't. Uh, it's a lot easier with five than it is with 13 to try and make decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, that, that that has worked real well. And, yeah, as, as we continue to grow, it seems like there's – you can only do so much from one location. We keep going out further and further away. And there was, a, there was an area about a two-hour west of us where we were – sending our guys into that area very often to work on equipment and things. And, and we said, no, we need to have a location in that area just to provide better parts and service in the area. And we went and talked to the dealer, the ACO dealer that was in that area. It was also a clause dealer. And yeah, we, we came up with an agreement there and, and we merged. So we have the second location there uh, okay. in Waynesboro, Franklin County. So uh, the, probably the, the largest de- uh Ag area for Pennsylvania is Lancaster County is where our main location at, is at, and Franklin County is like the second largest uh, farming area in Pennsylvania, so that worked okay. out real well for us. So yeah, that, that's two good spots to to be sitting in. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And how has yeah. in the almost thirty eight, well twenty five, twenty five years about that you've been in the business? How have you kind of seen things change and evolve? Um, over the years, either with, you know, the business itself or with, with your customers? Yeah. Well, the, the business does continue to evolve. Their uh, technologies keep uh, advancing and, and 
resources. I feel it's very important that we stay on top of it. Um, it, it yeah, when you look at the the industry, there's there's less dealers around now than what there was 25 years ago. So the the, the farmers have less of the dealers to go to, and and I, I guess I just feel like it's probably more important than ever to to provide good service to our, our customers. Uh, customers to build a loyal customer uh, is quite easy when you take care of them. Right. It's, it is it is very important to take care of the customer, and that's that's probably the biggest thing that I see right now. And, and just the, working with a younger generation of employees is exciting as well. Just just their enthusiasm about some of the, the current products that we're selling, and just their their excitement of taking care of the customers. So I, I think the taking care of your employees is probably one of the most important things anymore. Right. It, it probably if they're taken care of, they're probably doing a better job taking care of the customers that's, than I would imagine. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we we've, we've been very blessed with with some of the the best employees in the industry. So it's it has helped as well. We'll get back to the MM Weaver story in a minute, but first I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hbssystems.com. After that, head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. And to learn more about the next Dealership Mind Summit and to register, visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com. Now back to the story of M.M. Weaver and Eugene sharing how the business has changed since he came on board, including the addition of a second location and now a cost parts operation in Virginia. Is there anyone from the fifth generation in the business yet, or are they still, you know, I guess how, how old is that, that generation yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah that, no, there's none of the fifth generation in the business yet. Yeah, the oldest ones in the fifth generation are probably getting close to 20 now. So okay. at this time, there, there's no fifth generation. In there. Is there anyone that's, you know, expressed any interest in it at all, or is it just, you know, they're just college age now yeah, not, they're not they're yeah, at this point they're not sure our goals would be that the, the next generation would have interest and, and get involved with it so I, I sure hope they do take an interest in what what we have going yeah and I'm sure they will and then um, I saw you guys are our fund you do have the fent line now there's been kind of this bigger push with the the fent equipment from echo how how has that has that changed the business at all or anything like that or is it just another line Oh, it has. It has. That 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 scent business has just been great for us. That, uh, we we took that on back in 2001. We were one of the the early scent dealers in North America. Scent always did have a very good product. I struggled a little bit going to market with it over the years, but I, I feel now that uh, we we have a good product. We have the, a very good manufacturer behind us, just supporting us. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so that that product has done real well for us. We we do sell several fence tractors in our area. We were able to get some decent market share. So no, it, it, the, and we're we're very excited about the, the whole Eco fence going to market strategy for the future. Okay. We just took on the, the momentum planter. Uh, we're quite excited about that as well. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. All right. And then, um, so you talked a little bit about kind of, you know, the younger generation that's working in the business right now. What do you kind of see as is ahead for the dealership? Well, 
the one thing that we have going right now here in Leola, where we're at, we we outgrew our, our facility there. We have 10 acres and we, we build, we kept building additions on as we continued to grow. And so we, we outgrew that. So we did buy another way and hoping to build a new facility there probably in the next three years or so. We're, okay. we're looking to get started with that project and build a new, a whole new dealership and, and try and have it all on one, under one roof. So we don't have the, we're not, fragmented as, as much so we're, we're we're excited about that yeah, we're, we're all excited about growth okay and that would it that would replace the existing facility not be just a like it, a third location it, it would replace it that's right okay okay well that that's exciting and new building projects always stressful but fun yeah <laughs> exciting. oh yeah yeah <laughs> so right now we're going through the the fun of designing it and uh, yeah that's the it's a lot of fun to sit down with the employees and also the the family and trying to come up with the design of how this building is going to look and how, yeah. uh, it, how it's laid out. So it's interesting. Is there, I mean, I realize you're still kind of in that the designing stage, but is there, you know, you know, a, a must have list that you guys have and what, you know, what this new facility, you know, you want to see in that, that you don't have right now? Yeah. Well, uh, more space is something that we're really <laughs> looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, we are we are crowded where we're at, and one thing when you're when you're looking at a project like this, you base it off of what you have now. And so we did go out to to see several other uh, dealerships and looking at their some other new facilities that were put up and trying to get as many ideas as we can there. So yeah, of course there's there's things that we've seen there that that come on the must-have list and uh, uh, just a, a proper washroom there's just the way that reclaiming your water and, and mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up the, the the dirt from the washroom there, there's all kinds of great ideas out there so yeah there, there's different things there that we're looking forward to but the one thing that we have now that's kind of unique in our in our dealership now because we build on so many times we have our we have our shops separated so we have a, a shop that just does tractors that's that's all they do and then we have a shop that does combines and harvesters and we have another shop that does hay equipment and what that has allowed us to do is is become to have specialists in each area okay so so like our our tractor mechanics all they work on all day long are just tractors they don't work on combine harvesters or anything else so they're they're focused 100 percent on tractors so if somebody breaks down and they go out, uh, there's a better chance they're going to know what they're doing if that's all they work on. It might seem inefficient, but if a, if a customer has a uh, forage harvester and a fence tractor and they're both broke down, we'll send two guys out to get them going because we have our specialists. Okay. And that, but that, that has worked real well for us. Okay. Do you think that's something, maybe not obviously three separate buildings, but that division will be something that you keep in place uh, it is. It is. It, it's yes. It is something that uh, we have that uh, in our plans already to have, to have it separated, and they're they're going to be like closer. They're going to be up against each other, but they're still uh, separated in, in ways where they're not overlapping each other, and they're not sharing cranes and things like that. So there is just it'll it'll be designed as two separate shops. Okay. Is that do you have the same kind of text with a specialty in place at the Waynesboro store as well? We, we're working that direction, yes. Okay. Uh, so that's something they did not have before, and 
So we brought on all their employees. So, you know, working with them, trying to figure out who has an interest in, in being a specialist on a forage harvester, who has an interest in being a specialist on a contractor. And so, yes, we're working that direction as well. Okay. And then um, it hasn't been too long since you, the two businesses came together. How was the process of, of you know, merging the businesses together um, and, and taking on that, yeah. that new store? What was that like? That, that, to be honest, that, that went very smooth. Um, That's good. The, the guys there were just very workable. Yeah, we, we got along very, very good and, and bring it all together. Uh, seems like our culture blended very well. So the whole process has, has went real smooth. Ever since we took it on, I I go over there two days a week and just to be there. Questions come up, I can be there to to answer and just try to work through, try to keep things, uh, try and build some consistency between the locations. So no, it's it's going well. Good. Are the the former owners of that business still involved, or were they looking to get you know to get out of the business? Let me just say this: they they were retirement age when we okay. bought them out. Okay. So there was there was three owners. Uh, at retirement age, and two of them had sons in the business, and the other, the third one had a son-in-law in the business. So yeah, we were able to buy them out, and we kept, of course, kept the younger generation. They they they're working for us. The okay. The three three older generation, none of those are employed there anymore. Okay, so they they took it as an opportunity to retire, and then their that next right. generation. They, they did still come along. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't come along with the business. Uh, uh, we, we thought it might be good if they would stay there to, to help us get things started. And, okay. and so, yeah, they, they stayed with the business for uh, the one stayed with for about a year, and the other one stayed about two years. And yeah, and then they both retired. So. Okay. Will you guys expand further? You know, will there be a third third location in the future? Do you think? Well, and and that's interesting. I you know uh, our we're always looking for opportunity and, and uh, we'll, we'll see what comes out. I, I don't think we're done growing, but okay. uh, yeah, we're, I shouldn't say that we're not actively pursuing it. We, we were approached by Claus to look into doing something in Virginia. So we did, we do have a location in Virginia as well, where we just have a parts location. So oh, okay. we're looking at. And is that strictly for, for Claus business? So it's a parts location for that's right. Claus customers. That's right. It's 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 just a, a parts box for for Claus customers at this time. So we're we're looking at ways of how we can expand that expand into that area a little more. Can you explain what that part of it is like? It seems like it's unique to me, but maybe I just haven't heard of anyone else doing it. The 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 parts only. Yeah. What what we did there, uh, we, we partnered with a, a farmer there in Virginia to. Uh, he had like an enclosed trailer that we put parts in. We have yeah, it, there's it bins. It's all it's all laid out very nice inside. Is uh, okay with with uh, closed parts. So if a customer from the area needs closed parts, uh, the the farmer there will go out and pull the parts out and set them out, and we'll invoice them from Leola or or Waynesboro. Okay. okay. And the customer picks them up right there. Okay, that's interesting. Mostly just because it, you know, right. there's some there's some mileage between the between the locations of where it is that there is there there is yes yes it's uh, from 
from Leola to Waynesboro is a two-hour drive, and from Waynesboro to Harrisonburg, Virginia is another two-hour drive. So okay, yeah. so a little closer than I was picturing, but um, but still, still outside of what you were, your you know, the rest of your area. So yeah, yeah. Do you foresee that parts business in Virginia kind of expanding into something more than that? Would it? Would you grow on? Oh yes. On that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we're currently looking for a, more of a permanent location to be able to have uh, whole goods okay. and and service there as well. With with service with with service trucks, it's pretty easy to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have quite a few service trucks with cranes on, and so we get into Virginia pretty often with the service trucks. Okay. And by having parts there. Uh, makes it convenient if we need parts when we're in the area working, but we do we do want to grow that uh, full dealership there. Okay, and is the the work you're doing in Virginia limited to Kloss, or is it you know do you have Atco customers you're serving out there too? Yeah, yeah. no, it it is currently just Kloss. Okay, uh, in Virginia. All right. Yeah, that's there, it. There's other there's other short there's other short yeah there's other short lines. That we could possibly take there as well, but there is there is another ACO dealer there in Virginia covering the ACO parts okay. and service for that area. So, so that's why we don't have the ACO products there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and I've seen a few. Um, I think there are also ACO dealers, but who have a location then that is primarily a class location. You know, they have some other ACO stuff there, maybe, but you know, they're the focus is that this location is going to be a cloth store. So that's something that yeah. it seems like Kloss is trying to kind of build up that yeah. independent dealer well, business. Yes, they they are. They are. And, and they're, they're becoming, Kloss is becoming more of a full line. Now mm-hmm. they have tractors and uh, tell you what, we sell some of the best products and, and we work with some of the, the best manufacturers here with Kloss and with ACO. We feel like we, we just have two of the best, manufacturers in the industry uh, to be working with. Yeah. I always say that we're, we're only as good as the manufacturer behind us. Uh, if we go to, um, if we can't get the part from the manufacturer, we can't get service support from the manufacturer, it, it, you know, the customer suffers then as well. So. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Anything else that we might have missed in kind of just the, the history of of the dealership and in some of that early days growth? No, I, I think we covered everything uh, real well. I, I guess I'll just add one, one more thing about the, the timing of everything. I, I feel the Lord has been very good to us with the, the timing of everything with the Massey Combine is going well. And then when that when that died, it was about the time the closed forage harvesters come along and we were able to pick that up. And, and that cause is really what, kept us in business over that time and okay. then and once we had that up and going and the, the fence tractors come along that that helped to propel us as well so uh, just when you when you look at the different things that have happened over the years uh, I, I just feel like that everything happened in, in the right timing right you got you got the boost right when you needed it each time we did exactly yeah well good um well, I think that's that's everything. Thanks for taking yeah. some time to talk. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And 
Yeah, like I said, I really appreciate you putting the podcast together. Thanks so much to Eugene Hurst for taking the time to sit down and share M.M. Weaver's story with us. And another thanks to HBS Systems for making this podcast possible. I'd love to get your feedback on the series, so drop me a line at kschmidt at lessetermedia.com. You can subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. This ensures you'll be alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks for joining us for this one-on-one conversation with Eugene Hurst. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt, signing out of the Our Dealer Story Podcast.